Welcome to Source Not Found, a podcast about the worst versions of your favorite things. Every other week, we talk about IPs, franchises, and fandoms based solely on their sequels, side projects, and spinoffs. Or in this case, weird crossover... It's an event. Horror movie? It's something. Crossover event. It's some weird event thing. Uh, I'm Bill Woodall, and I am silently holding a sign in the background that just says Justice for Lindemann. And I'm Brandon June, and I'm just looking for a good cornfield rave. <laughs> Dude, that is, a, that is a really strange Halloween thing. Like, it, it really fits into this uh, theme that we have going on as a Halloween special episode. Did you ever do anything like a, a cornfield party or, Actually, or something yeah. like that? Yeah? Yeah, that hit close to home. I don't know what y'all do out in Kentucky, but in Virginia, we have ourselves some cornfield parties sometimes. We sure do. <laughs> I I have had my fair share of a cornfield party. Do you have Do you have any other weird like? What do you do for Halloween? Oh, these days, uh, collapse. Because <laughs> uh, ever since becoming a teacher, it just takes it out of me. Because you know, all of my the independent. Halloween spirit, which I still retain, that used to go into preparing for, like, preparing my own costumes, preparing for my own parties. Now that's almost all given to children and giving them a a, a good Halloween experience, but man, it takes it out of you. So even, like, teaching in the U.S., we used to have, like, full-blown events at school, and now the nature of my job being in Japan, where I'm contracted out to, like, it's, it's, uh, it's a number in flux, but on a given week between, like, seven and nine schools... Holy um, they shit. all want Halloween parties, so yeah, I'm I'm doing like seven to nine Halloween parties, and it's just so a wait, it's it's a big deal in Japan too. Uh, like Halloween, Halloween is big in Japan aesthetically. Like you see it, like all the store displays and like the candy at the end caps and and all that, right? There's a lot of that. Sure. Um, and then in the schools, they do some like trick or treating and, and events and like costume parties. Outside of that, um, there's not like the door to door trick or treating scene or anything like that. And even this year. They got rid of the big Shibuya Halloween party down in Tokyo. I think, I don't know if it's because of the, uh, that awful incident in South Korea last year. Right. Like the, the crowd crush. I think that might have played a role. Yeah, and just I heard like about that. The increasing like garbage and just like hassle of managing this thing. So they just shut the whole thing down. Yeah. I mean, so. it can't be easy when it comes to fucking infrastructure, like taking care of that many people in that small of a space for that long of a time just the yeah amount of hanging out outside up. right in the streets like in and out of the shops yeah, yeah it's that's it's gotta be fucking wild bananas. scene yeah do you have a a go-to halloween movie i do it's army of darkness that i watch really every year i kind of fell off last year too um, that is so fucking crazy i have i have three yeah one of them is ask. army of darkness oh yeah one of them is army of darkness that's why it's so fucking wild uh, Army of Darkness, Slither, and Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Good choices. I, I mean, for me, it's not even. I mean, it just happens to be one of my favorite movies as well. Just the Evil Dead trilogy in general. Yeah. But I like to have something on the background because usually I'm working on something, either a costume for myself or increasingly just like games and activities and decorations for the kids in the classroom. Right. So something right. on the background that I just know, like the back of my hand. I'm just like, here comes up Bruce Campbell one-liner. I don't need to look at the screen. I know where it is. You know, I can say it along with the movie. Yeah. It's and just like, enjoy uh, this background 
ambiance. It's like one of those one of those really nice comfort movies that you yeah. just every now and again you can like uh like Princess Bride. You can look up and be like, "Ah, oh, I love this scene." And then just not have to worry about anything else for a little while and then you go back into what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah, I I totally get that. But more than more than talking about Halloween, as much as I love this fucking holiday, I really want to talk about this movie. Guys, today Let's we're talking about Freddy versus Jason in the culmination of the Nightmare on Elm Street versus Friday the 13th October slashathon. The capstone, the, the culmination. Two slashers enter, one slasher leaves. It is the battle dome of slasherdom for this mm. month. But we wanted to offer one, a capstone slash culmination of those films. And two, I really wanted to see the movie that was actually Friday, like Freddy versus Jason. As did I. I hadn't seen this one until now. But you've seen all of the others for the most part, right? Yeah, some of them, like we've been talking about, I did watch for the first time recently or I'd only seen in bits and pieces. But I can now say that I've seen every single movie in both franchises as of now. So the only thing that the it's only thing that I wanted to ask, <laughs> bless it's been you, a hell of a month, <laughs> bless you, my son. Um, I did see that the only movie that takes place after this movie in canon was Jason X. Oh shit! I, have not seen Jason. I haven't seen every single movie. <laughs> it never ends. It never ends. I, okay, I haven't so seen you, Jason you, X you, yet. Okay, okay, that's good. That's good because that means you're keeping everything in canon, right? Like, oh right, yes, this was intentional. I I'm going for the chronological. You did you did all yes, of this on purpose. I did it right, listeners. <laughs> listeners, Brandon did everything good. He's a this good, good boy. He he did everything correctly. Yep. Oh Christ Almighty! Uh, Freddy versus Jason, released in 2003, and it is a hell of a 2003 film. This is a this is an early odds film. This is yeah. The cast alone. We'll, we'll get into that in a second, I think. But before we jump into it, uh, I just want to give a few brief things. One, this was a $30 million budget. It was the biggest budget they have done in a Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street movie so far. It was a big, big boy for these franchises. That's, that's um, crazy. That's just wild to yeah. me. Yeah. Considering yeah, uh, no. how what you see on the small screen? its scope is. Yeah. I guess they put it all into that state-of-the-art CG technical wizardry. <laughs> sure, I guess. Mm. So we also have a person who's only played Jason once before this. Ken Kurzinger, I believe is how his name is pronounced. Mm -hmm. They wanted to bring the original Jason back, Kane Hoder, who stands at 6'2", but they thought he would be too short. So they got Ken Kurzinger at 6'5", because they wanted like this weird david and goliath thing i guess i believe hodor was also busy training for a game of thrones if i remember correctly hold the door hold the door hold the hold it. and then i cried a yep. lot in fact excuse me while God, i that... cry again i need yeah, to leave no kidding but this whole thing 2003 pretty decent sized budget and they really expected a lot going into this film so other than the, the, the Dream Warriors and Jason Lives, I have stuck to my guns. I have no other experience with Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. So I'm going to do the briefest of synopses for this film 
There's no other way to do it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> two, I can't do it in, I can't, I could do it in six words, but I'm not going to because we all deserve more than that, I think, in this case. Um, Freddy is dead. Freddy wants to come back. He wants power again. So he basically brings Jason back to life to scare people in his name to get him power to come back. And we have so many fucking callbacks from films that I've never seen and some that I have. Uh, Hypnosil plays a very big role yeah, in this film. that came back in a big way. Yeah, see, as a fan, like, that initial montage, I enjoyed it. Like, oh, yeah, there we go, Dream Warriors or, like, Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. 5 or 6, Here's a Friday. You know, it, it, it was fun, but for anyone else, it's not yeah. enough to, like, really get much out of narratively. So, um, a lot of times when we talk about films, we talk about them chronologically, uh, very critically, very seriously, going into how they function as a story and things like that. In this case, I don't know how that's going to work because this movie is, I, enjoy, I genuinely enjoyed this. I did not expect to. I genuinely enjoyed watching this movie. It was absolute dog turds, but I enjoyed watching it in the same way that I enjoy watching any B-minus horror movie from the 80s. This one was just made in 2003. That genuinely surprises me. Especially after hearing your um, your reaction to Jason Lives, because to me this is very much a Friday the Thirteenth movie with Freddy shoehorned into it. It's more of a Friday the Thirteenth movie than a Nightmare on Elm Street movie to me. I agree one hundred percent. I the the reason I think I liked it is it gave me the humor and the meta bullshit that I wanted from Jason Lives that I didn't get. Interesting. And it also it also reinforced my own opinion about Jason, which was. Jason is not an evil character. Go on. Jason is a fucking force. Oh, okay. That is it. Like, Freddy brings him back to life to kill things. Jason doesn't kill things out of malice, it, it seems. Like, he has no personality. Until they need him to have one. Until they need him to be scared by the water and turn into a little boy. And but I mean, even then, he never speaks. It's just, it's just fear. Like he is given, he's given nothing to work with. The only sounds he makes are those of fear. And I think he says, no, please once or mm. twice. Like they tried to make Jason whose body count, which I will mention in a, like Freddie kills one person in this movie. Is that Freddie kills one person in this entire film? Uh, he kills, uh, oh my God, Brendan Fletcher's character. The Is friend with the van. Yeah, Mark. Thank you. I keep calling him Max because he was in Supernatural. as okay. a very, like, very emotionally, a very similar character to the character he plays in this film. There are so many characters from different TV shows and movies that I love that are in this movie that made me love it a little bit more. Uh, okay. Uh, Christ Christopher Marquette as Charles Lindemann, the kind of nerdy character. Yeah. He was in uh, Just Friends, the Ryan Reynolds movie. He was the little brother. Okay. Uh, he was in The Girl Next Door. Like, he's been all over the place, and he's always this kind of lovable, nerdy pervert uh -huh. that you just kind of like. And he was lovable. He yeah. Yeah. He, he's one of the only 
like lovable characters in this film. But like that's one of the char- one of the reasons this movie kind of worked for me was there were lovable characters where in in Jason Lives, there are none. Yeah, honestly, for a Friday the 13th movie, it's probably the most invested I've ever been in a cast of characters in the entire yes, franchise. I agree. And, and for a horror movie, really, for me, it takes aspects from Nightmare on Elm Street and removes a lot of the. It takes some of the hardcore stuff that I had trouble with from the Dream Warriors and removes that and just gives you kind of instead of focusing on um, mental issues, uh, mental health in general, they focus on emotional trauma Mm. as opposed to focusing on things that we as a culture should look at with um, care. As, as a health issue, they're focusing on relationship issues. And like, you know, Will's connection to Lori is not this horrible mental trauma. It was a bad breakup. Mm. It, we're not dealing with the big addiction and suicide issues that we had in Dream Warriors. There's no depth here. There's just a guy ghosting a girl. Yeah, just a guy Typical ghosting a girl. Being institutionalized by our father. Without cause, just typical story. Man, that fucking, that, that knocked me over a little bit. Yeah, a little, a little bit of a twist there. So yeah, they are like, um, they're a couple grades above the typical assortment of counselors, because they are talking about something of substance more than just like getting laid. A couple grades below your typical Nightmare on Elm Street protagonists. Although I think, I mean, I really did not care for the, uh, the post-Dream Warriors couple of films, and I did not invest in any of those characters until like, I want to say Freddy's Dead, the last one before New Nightmare, where for whatever reason, I kind of like those characters kind of like pulled me in a little bit. But uh, so it's somewhere in the middle there for like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It's at the top of the heap for a Friday the 13th movie. Um, but I, I like having you here to, to connect the dots, because for me, I don't really watch most or haven't seen most of the things you've just listed. So it was like a lot of, hey, I know that that face, that guy's face, I've seen that guy's face before. He's in that thing. He's in that one thing, right? Oh, her, she was in another thing that I saw somewhere. But I, I Dude, couldn't really I, tell you. The amount of people that show up in this movie from TV shows like Psych and Supernatural and, and like White Collar and, and shit, like TV shows that I, I consumed voraciously. Mm-hmm. And, and then you had Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child. Um, but the oh, she's cast a Destiny's being child. Is, is, is that, isn't that who she is? I'm the wrong guy to ask. I don't know. <laughs> Kia? Is she a yeah. Destiny's child? I, I think so. Okay. She's Kelly Rowland. I thought that was Destiny's child. Sure. Yeah. I, if you quiz me on anything post, like, I don't know, 1979 music wise, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best. But <laughs> um, I, I've got to, I've got to look this up. This is the place you come to, folks, for diligent research. She was she she was in Destiny's Child. I never doubted okay. you for a second. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I I don't know, man. Like walking into this movie, like coming directly from Dream Warriors and Jason Lives, both in the eighties, mm-hmm. to a two thousand and three movie, and Robert England's last cinematic performance as Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. his swan song. Yeah. I was concerned. And then I realized that I didn't have much to be concerned about because both of the franchises are shallow puddles for the most part. Nightmare on Elm Street is a much deeper puddle 
than than Friday the Thirteenth. No, a, no question. It's a kiddie pool out back. Yes, and you can fill it up to the brim. And like the day you put it out, like the first day of summer, you can enjoy that just fine. Just like sit out there, catch some rays. But two days later, it's dry as a fucking bone. It's either dry as a bone or full of leaves and, and slugs and, and just debris and, and bullshit because nobody. But like kept up with it. it was very frustrating because I felt like walking into this movie, I've, I've already explained how the movie functions, right? Like Freddie brings Jason back to life. Jason starts killing people to give Freddie power based on fear. And then the end of the movie is basically just Freddy and Jason going at each other in a full-on slasher movie cat fight. That's, yeah. that's the film, right? Like, there's not much more to it than that. And that kind of, like, that encapsulates my view on the film, which is, for a setup, I actually think that's very clever. I really Agreed. like the setup to this film. It's almost a meta aspect in itself, which is, we're forgetting about these horror icons. They're sort of like fading in. Like, there's still a presence in our culture, but now we've had, you know, a decade pass since we've seen any content from them. We've got a new generation of, of horror icons. You know, the new kids, the kids today, they're not watching their Jasons and Freddies. So, like, the idea that Freddy's being forgotten, I think there's a lot there to play with. But then it just ultimately ends up being, like, just a very lazy film. You have this great potential, and... You mentioned just the what it descends into, and I kind of, for fellow Arrested Development fans, I kind of felt like Michael Bluth pulling the, the bag that's labeled Dead Pigeon Do Not Eat out of the freezer. Yeah. And then opens it up, and it's a dead pigeon. And he's like, well, I don't know what I expected. <laughs> yeah. And, like, once we got into, like, the fucking butt rock new metal, you know, scored. Dude, there's so much butt rock in this yeah, movie. God damn. But the, just the final interminable brawl between these two and i just like sat there watching this like right freddy versus i don't know what i expected of, of course it descended into this just like punching right. and kicking and throwing one another across i don't know like a construction yard through the woods onto a dock just the laziest nothing settings imaginable right we could have gone anywhere and we went back to the fucking dock <laughs> you know there were a few fun moments unfortunately they were just expected like Freddie pulling Jason into dreams yeah, and and making Jason kind of relive his childhood. So if we weren't familiar with Jason, which hello, um, we get a little bit more about about Jason. Sure. Like seeing him as a, a kid with what is it? Hydrocephalitis. Is that what it is? Sure. The sure. Um, where like he had, Even if I knew he I wouldn't had, be able to pronounce it. <laughs> sure. He had like, you know, he had a, a, a disability or a deformity and he was made fun of for it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that that is one thing that made me look, give me Freddy versus Jason. Do not try to make Jason a sympathetic goddamn nope. character. It, it depends on the kind of character, the kind of monster you're trying to create on screen. But like whenever you're trying to go for the unstoppable malicious force. Like, the less I know, the better. Well, I mean, that's what, that's what we talked about last, uh, the last time we talked about Jason, our last episode, we talked about the fact that Jason is a force of nature. Mm -hmm. There is no characterization to him. He kills. That is all he does. He, yeah. is, a, he is a meat grinder. That is it. For me, that is just as scary as a wood chipper. Like, 
he there there's no choice he doesn't choose who he kills like despite the fact that we he should be choosing like it's supposed to be camp counselors and and shit like that like he's supposed to be getting vengeance on the people who caused him and his mother's death in the past that's not what it ends up being especially Mm -hmm. in this film he ends up killing a dude's dad for no reason and like there's just there's no there's no logic behind any of his actions where Freddy takes pride in this shit. Mm -hmm. He lives or dies or exists in some sort of weird uh, dream state for it. Right. And then all of a sudden this movie is trying to, is Jason made sympathetic in previous films? No. Like showing us doing the the full on spoilers Hodor thing, like showing his childhood of him being bullied, beaten and murdered. Yeah, I mean, they've they've had clips. They've had the the flashback clip of him like drowning in the water. And that's like the counselors. They even put the, they even put the fucking bag on his head, like from Jason, too. Yeah. And the only reason I know that is because of a Bo's Trivia Corner post <laughs> I made a while back. But like. This this entire film is fan service. Mm-hmm. The hypnosil, the bag on Jason's head, bringing his mom back, doing some of the the in dream jokes, pulling Freddy out of the dream. Like, um, oh my God, please help me. Her name from the first Lori? movie and oh, from Nancy, Nancy. Like Nancy tried to do in one. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much that they're pulling. Because there's so much, well, I say there's so much material in these franchises, but there's, but eight or nine films, there's probably 20 films collectively prior to this one that they have material to pull from, and there's mm. still not enough to fill 97 minutes. Yeah, that's, that's, I think maybe my biggest criticism of this one is it's not really, it doesn't do anything new. It's, it's just like a pastiche of, it's just a collage of what we've already seen elsewhere. It's just like, oh, look, it's we blended it together. Now it's something new, and it's really not all that new. This is a bad pastiche of both of those films. Mm-hmm. The problem is, and maybe this is just me, a bad pastiche of a Nightmare on Elm Street movie is still better than a regular Friday the 13th movie. Yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> and so, I, I mean, even then, I walked out of this film having a pretty good time. A better time than I expected. I guess I can see that. For me, I just... I certainly didn't go in with high expectations. And even then, I was disappointed. Because there is... Like I said, the... <laughs> I get that. Yeah. yeah. The setup is there. There's some interesting things to be explored. Even the idea of, like, Freddy as the antithesis to Jason in some ways. Like, we talked before about how Jason never kills kids. And, like, that's Freddy's whole thing. It's killing kids. Mm-hmm. You know? But just there's just so little done with any of the setup and then it just descends into you know crew of teenagers running through a few like stock environments and having these two like we do go in and out of the dreams but then even when we get there there's nothing intelligent there's nowhere interesting there's no creative set design and the monstrosities we do see are like very very bad early aughts cg bullshit no like practical effects no like interesting monster designs just shit on the screen that looks bad aesthetically does not fit with the rest of the movie and for me like that's one of my pet peeves this movie combines two of my biggest pet peeves i hate cg in my horror 
it always it never works if i feel like the tactility if like if the thing on screen doesn't have like a tactile nature to it i'm immediately pulled out and if i'm pulled out like in a horror movie in particular i am now not invested in the horrific nature of this this scene right sure yeah that I mean, I and get just that. like abrupt shoehorn butt rock or like just other ill-fitting licensed music that comes in and out very abruptly very jarringly and then just doesn't fit right and so we have that like in the initial credits we have it like a few Dude, times the credit the sequence as soon as i heard it was that like early aughts fucking cross butt rock yeah and i was just it's like something oh, generic no. yeah yeah okay so we've talked about the film we've talked about how it works there are two things that i would like to talk about first thing the cast of this fucking movie is so good maybe that's why i liked it you've got jason ritter who is fantastic in everything he does married to melanie linsky who you may recognize you may not this is a podcast but Bo was just watching me with just like a completely emotionless blank stare, blank stare, just vacant expression. And as soon as you say a name that just triggers anything in my brain, I will let you know. <laughs> cool. Uh, okay, then I'm only gonna do. I'm only gonna do two more names. No, I mean it's I'll, not a complaint. I just yeah. I'm only gonna do two. I'm only gonna do okay. Then I'll do I'll do three more names and we'll leave it at that. Yeah. We've already talked about Brendan Fletcher, who was in Supernatural as Max. Uh, Lori's dad is played by brilliant character actor Tom Butler. Uh, he is normally just a very uh, strict, angry father figure. That's normally what he plays. I, I know that his last name has the word Bud in it. This is what I can contribute. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus. Uh, we already talked about Christopher Marquette playing Lindemann, who I think honestly is probably my favorite my my favorite character in the film, second favorite character is the sheriff's deputy played by a great actor's name, Lachlan Monroe. Ooh. Uh, yeah, good name. Character actor uh, normally plays either like a, a sheriff or a police officer or sometimes he'll play like a organized crime snitch. But in everything he's in, he's great. And he was great in this, getting electrocuted by Big Bad Jason Boy. Like, man. And then, you know, you had Kelly Rowland and whoever played Lori, who I'm I'm sorry, actress who played Lori, you were forgettable. But like the main, the protagonist of this, the protagonists of this film were the least memorable characters in the movie. I would agree with that. Yeah. They're trying to make up for it by like ham-fisting the the romantic angle which yeah, and there's nothing there there's nothing there but it is like an attempt to make something there which we we keep going back to it like okay then you are now at the top of the friday the 13th heap just because like congratulations there's congratulations actually... <laughs> you did better than friday the 13th did in the past mazel tov you there's an engine in this car like it's you yeah. forgot to connect it to the i don't know how cars work uh, the wheels <laughs> so we're not going anywhere <laughs> <laughs> It's like, there's <laughs> a rumbling, you know? Congratulations, you're a, you have a car, motor, engine, transmission, radiator yeah. thing. Yeah, it's, the carburetor is not hooked to your fuel injection on the power steering here, so we're not making much distance. Obviously, we are very 
very hands-on technical gentleman. The cat, like Kelly Rowland did a great job, I think. As like a person who has not really acted much before, Keo was a pretty fun character. I was actually surprised to to learn who she was. The character arc between her and Linderman, yeah, was was more intriguing than that of the protagonists. That noble sacrifice and him just like telling her to run off as he dies against the tree, and then you just you know you hate to see it, like to sacrifice yourself for someone, and then within like ninety seconds they're also just gone, and not even like an like a gracious death, just like Jason. No, he like machetes her, but she like flings across the the construction yard into a tree or something like that. Well, that's be- that's because she uses a homophobic slur. Like that's yeah, we wanted to punish that immediately. Oh, apparently that was that was improv. None of the act, none of the writers or directors liked the idea of using that slur in that scene, and she just used it. God forbid we do another take. <laughs> God forbid we use another take. Jeez, uh, um, yeah, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't good. But yeah, those those two characters were the only two that I was well them and and Lachlan Monroe's sheriff's deputy uh, Riggs. Sure. I think was his name. Biggs, Riggs, Miggs, something Iggs. Those, those are the only characters that I was like, get it, do it. But again, mm-hmm. that is a step up from any other Friday the 13th movie I've seen. One of them where I was like, I was genuinely rooting for some characters. Sure. I was excited to see what they were going to do. And Lindemann does a, a very noble sacrifice. Man, as soon as I saw him hit that wall and the spike was in the wall and I was mm-hmm. like, man, don't kill the nerd. But like we He's knew, been... I mean, we knew yeah, who was going to make it through this, right? But I don't know. I really wanted the nerd to make it as like a secondary character and just get rid of the two protagonists. Don't, d- didn't care. See, I wanted a uh, beanie, beanie wearing crucial bong rips to make it. Oh, dude, as soon as I saw the horrible CG Freddy centipede thing, I was like, oh, he's boned. Yeah. That was almost like a Jason goes to hell callback, kind of, because that's how he gets around. Yeah, it was weird because he is like a worm-like, snake-like thing in that that just takes over different people's bodies in that movie. So it was kind of like that. We played with that for like five minutes, and then he just gets like cut in half, and we're done with that idea. Enough to get the hypnocell. No, I mean it was just it was just a plot dis- d- device. That's it. That's that's one thing. So that leads into like them sedating Jason, right? And they have Jason in the van, and they're driving him back. And during that scene, when like Jason's trapped in the dream, and they put Lori into the dream state by like giving her tranquilizers, and then are like dumbfounded when they can't wake her up fifteen minutes later, which just you just put tranquilizers in her. Like they're not they're not yeah. on like a fifteen. We, minute we time talked about we talked about sedation last last time yeah. we talked about these movies, like. That's not how sedation... They, they did sedation right this time. Right. Like, Last time it was a, an issue of maybe the writers of the movie not understanding sedation, and this time it's the writers do, the characters don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But they got that scene, so Jason's like trapped in his dream, and he's drowning, and everyone in the van is like, we gotta save Jason. They all look to Kia to give him mouth-to-mouth. And this is another moment like, this is a 2003-ass film, because mm-hmm. it's sort of like that era of... I feel like the blank, I think it was blank check podcast put this best, but just that, that run of comedies there in the late nineties through the aughts where it just like, you won't believe this one scene. Everything is like, check out how outrageous we're going to get. You start with like Ben Stiller masturbating and there's something about Mary. And it's just like, you're, you're probably going to know more of these. Like, is it Van Wilder when they like jack the dog off into the eclairs? 
And, it, into donuts, yes. Donuts, and then like well, we got a bunch of those, right? But what's funny is like they don't they don't make it happen. Like they don't show her giving mouth to mouth. They just like lift the mask up a little bit and then they pan away. So it it's not the same sort of like oh my god we're extreme filmmakers sort of thing. It's it's the implication that they're extreme filmmakers. <laughs> the implication, just the Dennis Reynolds it, <laughs> implication. It's the implication, yeah. <laughs> because of the implication, <laughs> and uh, that's all it took for me. Like the the kind of just the close up of Jason's fucking just decomposing grody ass mouth, and like he actually leaning in. Like I'm already like sick to my stomach. And I just meant, like, the idea that, like, that's an angle that they take for this movie. Like, it just, to me, it fits in with sort of the zeitgeist of the time, which is just, like, we go for a little bit of the gross out now. It's not just, like, straight see, gore. We're getting a little like, gross Like, I get it. it. But there's also the fact that they don't do what they could have done with that. They could have made Lindemann completely against Kia moving forward as, like, a, a horrible comedic beat. Like... No, you you kissed a dead guy. I'm not interested anymore. Mm. Sort of thing. Like it's been done before. It's been done poorly. It's never been done well because it's not a fun trope. But instead, like you still have him and Kia have the most developed relationship in the film. And and the for me, the best part was the fact that like he was willing to do it, but he has he says and I quote, I've had asthma since I was 8. I'm sorry. Likely story. Likely story. Everyone's got asthma when it comes time to kiss Jason, just give Jason a big old smooch on the lips. Yep, suddenly everybody's got a, got a health issue. I don't know about you. I'm, if I'm in that van and people are like, this is the only thing to save our reality. I'm just like, well, buckle up. Guess our reality's in trouble. Rough. <laughs> 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 Fuck no. <laughs> no way. It was, it was when she lifted the mask up and all you see are like, five teeth and like like a cut up mouth face yeah it's like, no. oh kia god you're so brave Ugh. um but um, again they could have done some really i mean they did some really bad alpha bullshit early on in the movie well something i, I noted was uh before blake was folded in half like old girl's d sheriff dad was in jason lives yeah. oh his name was blake just the, yeah. the biggest dickhead I think I've seen on screen in a long time. When he says to Gib, babe, I don't want to have to tell you a second time. Oof. That was a satisfying death. And his friend who's, who's just, I guess, just a drunk, but he's also like super self-conscious and insecure. Mm -hmm. I guess probably because he hangs out with Blake all the goddamn time and Blake's the fucking worst. But like his dad comes out and he's like, man, what were you doing last night? He's like, dad, my best friend was just killed. Can you give me a fucking second? And I was like, that's actually a pretty fair request. I think. Yeah, that was, that's, that's pretty fair. Like, Hey, let's not worry about breaking curfew when your friend was just absolutely uh, stabbed 13 times and then folded in half, like a goddamn Afghan. Even that dickheads first, like he walks in the door, the first, he pulls away from the kiss with Gib. And for a second, it's like, Right, she just smoked. And you could, I mean, he's being an asshole about it, but you can sort of understand, like, don't kiss me after you smoke. I can imagine some people that have a real, like, revulsion to that, but then he just, like, keeps going, like, post-sex, like, don't touch me after. And just, it was satisfying to see him it, get folded it was up. The, it was the babe, don't make me tell you twice. Yeah, that, that really. That I was like, like, well, that's an abusive relationship. Awesome. 
And who goes upstairs to have sex during such a... They left the door open. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, right? Wide open. Well, they just know no one's going to wander upstairs when they're having such a riveting conversation on the first floor when they're they're playing Fuck, Mary Kill about the Three Stooges in 2003. So, yes, this is a set of writers of this movie that really have their finger on the pulse of America's youth. <laughs> yeah, they, they really... <laughs> just... God damn. Three Stooges. And the, the, the next, the, what is after that? Was it Scooby-Doo or something? Yeah, it was Scooby-Doo. It like, was what the uh, fuck? Velma, Velma, Scooby, and Shaggy. Fuck, Mary kill Velma, Scooby, and Shaggy. I've just proven multiple times, and I'll continue to do so, how out of date, out of touch I am. So when I, when I start, like, kind of, you know, doing a double take. Taking a step back. Or, like, taking a step back, like, wait, what? <laughs> that, that seems a little dated. Uh, you know you're, you're on the wrong track. But we've talked a lot about this cast of characters, but, I mean, really it all boils down to who do you got? Were you rooting for one over the other? The titular Freddy versus Jason. So, man, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, initially, I walked into this movie going, Freddy is going to absolutely whoop Jason's ass. Freddy is more intelligent. He is, to me, more evil. And plus, Jason has one machete, Freddy has four knife fingies. That's some uh, Tom Arnold in the stupids kind of logic, I got to say, which that is a yeah. weird reference to make. But there's a moment where he's like, I think it's he, he thinks his, his garbage is being stolen. It's really just the garbage, garbage guy taking away in the truck. But the whole thing is <laughs> yeah. like, it's the stupids. But it's one of my favorite scenes in, in a movie. I got to say, it's so dumb. He like runs, he sees the garbage truck pulling away and he goes to pursue them and he runs into the garage and he's like looking at his modes of transport about what would be the fastest to like take down the garbage truck. And he looks at a, the bicycle, he goes, two wheels. He looks at the car, four wheels. And then he sees a set of rollerblades, eight wheels. Eight wheels. <laughs> Just yeah. the cut to Tom Arnold rollerblading behind this truck. Um, there's my recommendation for the day. The stupids. The stupids. Mm. Mazel. If you're going to watch something stupid, why just not go full stupid? Go full, full force stupids. Um, so I was walking into this with no, with the only experience I had had in the past being Jason Lives and Dream Warriors. And Dream Warriors is, without a doubt, a better film. Written, acted, everything is good about that movie. So I was really going for Freddy. But man, they made, they tried to make Jason sympathetic. And then they had Jason help the heroes at the end. And mm -hmm. when I say heroes, I mean protagonists because they were not heroes. The protagonist of this movie was, in fact, I think, Jason. That's an interesting takeaway. Jason, yeah. Jason, uh, uh, we're, we're both fans of, of Marvel for the most part. But like mm -hmm. Hawkeye yeah. in uh, the first Avengers movie. Yeah. That's what they tried to make Jason into. Like, Jason was basically mind-controlled by Freddy to do more murdering to make people afraid so Freddy could get power. Was this entire goddamn film. And then in the end, Jason is, like, fucking handing his machete over and helping them kill Freddy. Yeah, that's true. And just even the final dispatch of Freddy is pretty good. Like, speared with his own severed arm, the knife hands yeah. through the source. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah Lori walks out on the dock and just Jason sort of just resigned. Welcome to my world. Of, yeah, that's a good she, line. And she, welcome to my world, bitch. Like yeah, to turn that on Fre him. Freddy's, 
Freddy's like tagline is anything, 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 bitch. Yeah. Like that is, I mean, uh, Rick and Morty makes fun of him all the time for that. But just Lori looking down on him and going, welcome to my world, bitch. And with the machete. Yeah. Cutting his head off was pretty spectacular. But right. The way Jason like sinks down into the water kind of resignedly like my task here is complete. Because he, he doesn't like spring. Like Lori's just stand there, there for the taking. You, you get the sense that there's life left in Jason. And there is, because the final scene is yeah. him once again emerging out with Freddy's severed head in hand. But uh, right, it is so, sort of a heroic death for this monstrous creature. Well, I think that kind of goes with my an initial um, expectation for how we're, we're supposed to see Jason. I have no experience for all of these other movies. I just have Jason Lives and this film. Jason, to me, is not a man. He mm-hmm. is a creature. Mm-hmm. I do not see Jason as evil, necessarily, as much as he is just a destructive, murderous force. Like, he does not, to me, he does not seem to take pleasure in any of this. I could see Freddy doing some of this shit and sitting in a corner with little Freddy in hand, having a great old time. Yeah. And that sucks. That does get into more like philosophical territory of what what really constitutes evil. Can like a non-human really commit evil? No, I think I kind of land on. I mean, if you spend any amount of time watching chimpanzees, I don't know how you come away saying anything other than, yes, you don't have to be a human to be an evil little fucker. <laughs> but, yeah. So yeah, you don't have I, to be you don't have to be human to be an asshole. Yeah, I would disagree. I, I feel like it's just an evil force, maybe like a less human, less aware force. Uh, like an evil force more on on autopilot at times, but still like seems to have a sort of aside he's like from the mind orca. control aspect. Yeah, he's like he's like an orca. Like they they fucking kill things for pleasure, or kill things because they're in the way, or you know what? Killer whales are fucking scary, dude. I watched a couple of specials on them recently. They're fucking fucking scary as hell. Um, but like he is a natural destructive force. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is maybe that is evil. Maybe he is an evil destructive force. Yeah. But unlike Freddy, there is no forethought to what he's doing. There's no right. cruelty. He's not malicious. He's just evil, I guess. is. Like, does that make sense? Mm, I guess it's hard to, to define, but right. It's like someone who I don't know. I mean, we're getting into like the deeper psychology of someone who would commit a murder, but it's someone who commits murder almost like because they just have this it's almost like desire that needs to be sated that's an obsession that you can't deny i was thinking more of like like someone who steps on a bug versus someone who pulls the the wings off of a fly that's a good way to sum it up yeah like they're they're both killing something one is killing it in a very very different way be someone who like goes out of their way walks off the sidewalk to go step on a something crush something as opposed to right like the the person who methodically Fries it with the magnifying takes, glass or like pulls the wings takes off. Takes joy in it. Yes. Yes. And that, man, that makes me really lead to, for this movie, I give my point to Jason. Oh. Okay. Not because like in the Freddy versus Jason battle, Jason won, which he did. But. Yeah. In, in like in my head, Freddy versus Jason. Is Freddy more evil than Jason? Yes. To me. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
I mean, just even the fact that, like, Jason seems to have a, a line that he won't cross, whereas Freddy, like, he'll carve up the kids. And we see in this movie, which we hadn't seen before, like, he, like, it's the little girl missing the eyes. Like, oh, my God. Like, he really cut these kids up. One of the first notes I had is we have avoided kid death so hard in all of these movies until now. Like, it's always been there. We, we always knew that was Freddy's thing, but, like, we've never seen, like, the result of his actions. We've yeah. never seen a kid missing their eyes. Like, holy shit. Yes, I, I will say, evil, like, or, yeah. that, that scene was still not as creepy as the little girl in the tricycle saying, this is where he takes us. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that line will haunt me forever. Uh, but what, what, is your, what is your vote? So we didn't really talk about the criteria or like how we're allotting our points or for what reason. So it's kind of just like, I guess, left to how we, why we want to assign it, right? So I didn't rate it on that kind of angle. I purely thought about who brought more to the table for more interesting cinematic experience for me, the viewer. And for me, it was Freddy. Like if Freddy hadn't yeah. been in this no movie. No doubt. Yeah. Just Jason is it doing been the a same, garbage movie. same shit he always does with a lot of the same weapons. We didn't even really have any new weaponry. You know, and no, he had a machete the whole time. The only clever death, I think, was Dickhead getting hacked up and folded into the bed. And we've seen that before. Yeah. And Jason lives, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Freddy also was not at his best. We didn't have like, I mean, some of those sequels, even though I don't really like them, like four and five, we get wild with it. We get like some scenes like getting pulled into a movie, like a, in the movie theater and going like black and white. We get someone turned into a meatball on a pizza. We get a stoner. I heard about that one, yeah. Yeah. We get Breck and Meyer getting pulled into a video game. There's a name I know. Good job, bud. Yeah, I knew one. So, um, yeah, there was none of that here, but it's still like, okay, the bong rip, the Freddy bong rip was at least something, you know? So, anyway, all that to say, like... So, when it comes to interesting characters, it's Freddy. Yeah. So, that's how I rated it. That's how I choose to allot my point. Another point for Freddy from me. Okay, so before we before we end it with the the final tally, because I also have our tally of votes from listeners and people who participated via social media, things like that. Mm-hmm. Just a couple of quick things to mention. Uh, I did the body count on this movie. Okay. Uh, Jason killed nineteen people. Damn. Freddie killed one. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something special. Um, for the end of this movie ends with Jason walking out of Crystal Lake with Freddy's head in his hand, and then Freddy winks at the camera, signifying that there's no real winner to Freddy versus Jason, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, it, to, to Ken Kersinger, the guy who played Jason, he said, there's a lot more Jason left than there is Freddy, which is fair. Yeah. That's true. His 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 response was also, but that was just the battle, not the war. And also, we've seen that Freddy can sort of like regrow appendages, like a a yeah, he or can, something. He can kind of regrow himself. So there were additional endings. Uh, they had five endings to this movie, including the one I just I just mentioned, mm-hmm. and no one knew what they were. What the one that was going to be aired was, except for the director and the producers and stuff until it came out in theaters. That's fun. Including including the actors. So I'm just going to give you a rundown of the la- of the endings that they filmed. Yeah. That were that were trashed and you tell me which one you would like the okay. most. 
I already have mine in mind, so I'm very curious to hear what you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the endings was uh, Lori and Will begin to have sex for the first time. Will begins to start acting like a maniac and sprouts Freddy Claws and slashes at his girlfriend. And that's how it ends. Hate that. No, I already, already decided that's not it. Uh, also, like, we didn't talk about it, but this one, more so than either of these films in the past, had a lot more, like, like sexual violence, you know? Like, just women Man, being... there were early boobs. Early boobs. Well, yeah, there were, yeah, there were, there were boobs. That's why... Another reason why it's more of a Friday the 13th movie than a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. The boobs come fast and early. But just scenes of women being like either... Um, oh, God, that scene where Freddy like has his hand and he's like he's going to... He's, he's like doing a knife hand up the girl's leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Finally, she wakes up. Thank God. That was horrible. I think there was a director issue there because Ronnie Yu, the director, uh, Catherine Isabel who Catherine Isabella, who I like very much, who played Gib. She signed on to this movie after doing Ginger Snaps, the werewolf film, because they really thought she could be a scream queen. Mm-hmm. And I think she did a great job. But she signed a non-nudity contract. He tried to make her do a nudity scene in the shower. Uh, okay. They, they ended up having to use a body double, and apparently her and him were at odds for the rest of the filming. That's fun. So did they, because there is the scene of the, the door wide open sex where you see her from the back. Like yeah. Straddling him from the top. They, is that her? She had, they, she had, yeah, that was her. She just had a, she had a cover yeah, on. Got it. So like they there, just was, there was no, there was no full nudity for her. Yeah. Yeah. So again, supposedly this is all just, you know, research that I kind of did. So hmm. who knows? That is the first ending was Will going nuts, becoming Freddy too. Okay. Another ending was just Freddie and Jason battling to the death on the dock. After the explosion that Will and Lori cause, they end up in the fiery lake, and then the water begins to, like, churn, and the lake drains, and they both get dragged down to the bottom of the lake, and Crystal Lake is drained dry the next day. Uh, Lori comes back with her dad, and he finds Freddie's claw on the ground, picks it up, and then is dragged into the ground mangled by Freddy. And then we basically go to someplace super dark. Freddy puts his claw on his hand. Jason grabs his machete and they go at each other. Chains come out, grab them both, and Pinhead steps out from Hellraiser. And says, and I quote, now gentlemen, what seems to be the problem? Ooh, I like that. New line, new line backed out on this one. Because they would have to buy the rights to use Pinhead. I like that, though. All right. That's a new that's that's in the and, lead. And they and they thought that Pinhead was too low rent to use. Oh, really? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I um, would rather watch a Hellraiser movie than either of these, I think. Yeah. Two others. One is it just ends with Satan sitting on a throne watching Freddy and Jason battle in a gladiator style like pit arena that's it yeah that that's one of them i think that there's not much to that but i feel like that takes number two spot i mean just given that this movie was like i keep saying like just a lot of nothing a lot of retread a lot of just lazy stock environments i would have preferred something just wild out of left field at the end as opposed to just once again 
I don't know, just winking at the camera, stomping out the lake. I like the idea of just like the the satanic visage, visage watching over them being like, this is never going to end for you. Sure. Um, and that that was the next one is uh, or the last one. A big red hand comes from the ground, grabs them both, pulls them to hell. And then it goes to a big coliseum with thousands upon thousands of glowing red eyes and shit watching them as they just beat the fuck out of each other for eternity. That's the last one, huh? So that's slightly better than the the previous variation on that idea. So I think that I still think I like Pinhead just because. But so there there is a small this this may change your mind on this. This was not a filmed. Oh, I think I know. A filmed ending, a but planned, there was uh, a, yeah. a not only a planned sequel, but also a graphic novel. Yes, that was a six issue run where Bruce Campbell's Ash comes to play. Yes. And it becomes Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. I did know about this. And that's why when you said Pinhead, like, oh, so they were planning maybe a couple different franchises to bring into this thing. It could have kept going um, that. So it's not a filmed ending, I guess. But um, that's the clear winner, of course. And I would I would love to see that because now yeah. you have like a genuine hero coming into the fray and that Ash cannot be anything but Ash. Like even like there are some very just piss poor army of darkness graphic novels that just do nothing yeah, with that character. I, I own a lot of them actually. Yeah. yeah. Just absolute shit. Nothing like no redeeming qualities, but to be on screen and to have Bruce Campbell on the screen is going to be at least some degree of entertainment just having him. It's and like so asking Carrie Elwes to be not charming. Like you just, that's yeah. just how it's he's going to be doing his thing and you can give him like nothing to work with. And he often is given <laughs> nothing to work, not with much to work with. And he's still fucking yes. Bruce Campbell. Yeah. So man, um, I would have loved to have seen that. But the, the pinhead ending, just the idea of this kind of omnipotent, almost evil mm-hmm. force coming down to me and like, Oh boys. You think you're bad? Mm. Let me show you what bad is. Also, like, I mean, Ash Williams definitely would have opened the uh, the puzzle box. Oh, of course he would. No, yeah, absolutely he would have. So that is that is Freddy versus Jason. We both vote Freddy. I thought you voted Jason. Well, for this for this movie, maybe. But like when it comes to just overall uh, video game. Yeah, video game movie, and even this movie, like as a as a cinematic character, Freddy, who won the fight between the two of them in this movie, I think Jason. Well, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of. But when it comes not uh, when it comes, <laughs> yeah, when it comes to characterization, it it's Freddy all the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freddy is a scarier horror figure for me, absolutely, and apparently is so for all of our listeners as well. It was a fucking landslide victory for Freddy. Uh, I, d- I did the math. Freddy won by uh, uh, every one vote that Jason got. Freddy got 15. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. That's a ratio. Like, it, it's not great for Jason. It's not looking good for him. So, Jason has lost hard. Freddy Krueger... Knife hand up the toilet, but Kruger has won our first annual slasher off. You did it. How do you feel? Good job, bud. How do you feel about that? Uh, that one at one out of 15 
or 15 for every one vote. You know, sometimes my faith in humanity is restored a little bit. That's just the universe getting things right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I get it, man. And so, you know, this is this is our kind of little bonus episode for everybody for Halloween this year. A little fun size Snickers in your in your trick or treat bag. Yeah. Possibly a little introduction to what we may be doing for our Patreon specific episodes coming the new year. Mm. Uh, so, you know, jump on that for the shout outs. Shout out tier is still wide open with Susie Daggs and Jacob Spindell holding down the fort. You love to see it. Friendship. Um, what's coming next? No vamper. No vamp. Tomorrow. It fucking starts tomorrow. We're here. This no vamper. Flew by, man. It really did, man. So this this uh, we're we're doing no vamper right this year. Well, Jesus, maybe. Uh, it, for those of you who want to watch along with us, play along with us, read along with us, no vamper, as you may have guessed, we're focusing hardcore on those beautiful, beautiful bloodsuckers. Uh, we are watching Blood Rain, directed by uh, Uwe Boll. That'll be coming out in two days. So buckle up. Uh, get the, the worst shit out of the way first. I hope. I hope that's the yeah. worst of it. <laughs> I really do, too. Um... We're going to be doing Castlevania 64, mid of the month. Everybody's favorite Castlevania. The best one, from what I hear. Sure, it's not Sophia the Night at all. No, 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 no. We like 3D. No, we all have, we all have to be Reinhardt and Cassie or whatever. And the end of the month, we're doing something that uh, my wife is most certainly excited to hear us talk about. We're doing Stephanie Meyer's Midnight Sun. <sighs> the Edward Cullen perspective of Twilight. It's going to test have, me. Have you done Twilight? Yeah, no, we're not, we're not going to get into that now. Yeah. Uh, but please, let us know what you think, what you want to hear, any questions you have. What are your Halloween traditions? Yeah, no kidding. What are your Halloween traditions? What costumes did you do this year? I'm very curious. Don't send me pictures unless they're tasteful. SourceNotFoundPod at gmail.com. Everything else we have. Patreon, Instagram, Facebook. Source Not Found podcast, you can find us. I'm always on that Source Not Found Facebook, just keeping it going nuts, doing some pretty fun stuff there. So please reach out, touch someone, AT&T. They're not, they're not a sponsor. They're not a sponsor. I just said that. Yet. And then personal and, plug uh, for me. Brandon, uh, uh, yeah. I was going to say, you're doing, you're doing no vamper for, for Twitch this, this next upcoming month as well, right? I am, so spooky season is coming to a close, but we're keeping the spooky vibes going a little bit. So November happening over on my Twitch. I am going to be streaming Castlevania 64, but once we finish that up, I'm going to do some other vampire picks that we're not doing here on Source Not Found. So come by for some uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, and uh, we'll see where we Ooh. go from there. You said you may do some, uh, maybe some Legacy of Cain? Uh, we'll, we'll see is if we hear uh, that right. It kind of depends. I always think I'm going to play more games than I end up having the time to do. God, I want to see some Legacy of Kane, man. That's such a good fucking game. God, I love it. I remember liking it. Yeah. So thank you all for your support. I will say that or try to every episode. If I ever forget, come at me because you should. But otherwise, as always, make sure to watch out for any white vans with clowns in them. And especially, especially after this episode, check those toilets for Freddy Krueger's hand. Don't want it in your butt.